traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good Friday afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller coming to you live from Delray Beach, Florida. Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village and Palm Beach Downs. Great to be ending the year. It's been a long year. we got another couple more weeks and we end the year. Everybody's starting to get ready for the new show season coming up, all the horse racing coming up, all the good movies coming up, everything. Uh, you know, it's going to be good. We've had a pretty good year so far, I would think. Uh, most, of the, most of the barns around here have. Um, you know, it's it's been a long battle. Uh, now we're ready to start over, start anew, as they say. And, then, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, see if people can kind of make things work, you know, and go for it. Um, in, the, in the thoroughbred business, things are getting really a, a lot better, uh, getting more things done, um, trying to figure it out. And, and, you know, the funny part about it is all these years in the business and people are just now figuring out that it's the support areas to the horse industry that you have to work on. You got to do things. You got to bring younger people into the business. You got to, you know, bring help new companies start up, uh, whether it be a feed feed store or tax shop or horse transportation or, you know, a broodmare facility or a turnout facility. And that's one of the things that uh, that I saw uh, happen a lot here in the last year. We got a lot of farms that are not really interested in breeding. Uh, they're not interested in um, breaking babies or training. Uh, what they're doing is they're they're using their farms as a layup farm, and that's a lot of work. Uh, that when you get in, you get a horse in that's uh, you know been injured on the track or needs to be brought you know brought back or rested up for thirty days or you know what have you. And uh, that that was really interesting. I talked to several people this week. Um, on their facilities, and in fact, I got one horse that's in a facility, uh, layup facility, and you get weekly reports on your horse and how they're doing, so forth, and the you know the anticipated uh, back to the track date, you know that type of thing. But a lot of these facilities are popping up, and, and there's some good facilities out there, um, you know, that are get, you know getting these horses back in shape and and laying them off for, you know, 30 days. And it's a lot of work, you know, but, but it's something that needs to be done. And so the horse industry has finally realized, you know, that these support industries are what we need in, in our, uh, you know, programs today. Uh, it's very important that you have those, those type of things. And then, you know, all the other things that um, you have to, you know, to look at. Uh, you know, it helps. And one of the ways that, uh, um, you know, the industry is helping is through the Jockey Club. Uh, the Jockey, Jockey Club is taking applications for the Jockey Club's paid internship program for college students and, and recent college graduates. And it's five academic scholarships open November 14th, which was, you know, a couple of weeks back. Um, the internship will accommodate up to three interns and is now available in uh, summer or fall based on the intern's preference. Interns will gain exposure to all companies and departments within the organization. 
they will have the opportunity to spend additional time in areas they uh, find to be their particular interest. Uh, the program will last eight weeks. Uh, the internships will take place um, in the Jockey Club offices located in Lexington. For more information and to um, view the application, interested candidates should uh, go online. Applications are being accepted um, through January 5th, 2024. Selected interns will be notified by February 24th. And what I like about this programming, it gets them into the management skills. And that's one of the things that has been lacking a lot on the on the racetrack, especially, or management skills. Uh, for a long time, um, a lot of trainers, all they wanted to do was have grooms, exercise riders, and hot walkers, uh, and, and, you know, in their organization. And slowly but surely, um, you know, it started taking a different direction. Now, uh, I'll tell you, I worked for Wayne Lucas, and Wayne had good assistant trainers. And those assistants usually started out, you know, some of them uh, hot walking, uh, you know, grooming, exercise, riding, barn foreman. You know, they, they all, the more they, the more they did, the better off they were. You know, it was just, you know, building a, um, you know, a portfolio for them to, you know, go on up in the organization with Wayne or to, you know, go out on their own, which a lot of them did. And so a lot of people learned on hand training from D. Wayne Lucas, like Todd Pletcher and, um, you know, a lot of people, Mark Henning, Dallas Stewart, uh, they all learned under, under Wayne. And that, that was part of it that, you know, that was in, in the Lucas organization. Um, they were all educated and, and, you know, learned management. Well, a lot of other barns uh, started doing that a few years back, and they had their own people that would come in, and they they would learn, you know, the business end of it. Uh, there's more to this, you know, shoveling manure and, you know, walking horses and taking them to the track and galloping, you know, and, and what have you. The management end is what's really, you know, the key factor there. And that's what I like about the jockey club. They're coming in and they're educating them, you know, from the from the uh, office out, uh, you know, and, and that helps an awful lot when you get, you know, very educated, um, you know, horse people uh, involved in your organization. It, it makes things run a lot smoother. And it goes all goes back to, you know, what we've been talking about all year long is organization. Uh, you know, you have to organize yourself. You have to... Uh, um, you know, do all the things that uh, you need to do, and you got to get consistent with it. You got to get on a daily basis. You know, with filling out all your paperwork and uh, you know planning ahead and doing the things and uh, you know that you need to do. And once you start doing that, you know, success is just right around the corner. And that's what uh, the horse industry is realizing now that a lot of these people that are working in the business today are potential trainers. You know, they're potential barn foremans or, you know, farm managers or what have you. And that's what's exciting about the horse business is when you get involved in it. And, and like right now, what I like about this time of year is we're getting all of our clients that are coming back from up north. One in particular is Lindy Farm. 
uh, Lindy Farm is out of Connecticut, and they have thoroughbreds and and standard breds and some show horses. Some of the show horses, I don't know if they really are, but you know they're they're leaning in that direction. But long story short, they won everything uh, in the harness industry, the Hamiltonian, uh, the Little Brown Jug, uh, uh, all the different um, uh, big stake races that, that were available. And so now they're coming back here to their barn here in uh, Sunshine Meadows. And it's really cool to see how it changes because it goes from a barn that, you know, has um, the cobwebs and, and, and you know, the, the shavings and the hay that was left over from last year. And they've cleaned it all up. And, you know, it's fantastic. They got the flowers done. They painted. You know, they did everything. But that's all part of the management end of it. You know, and so now they can take the next step. They can bring the horses in. Uh, the horses are in the perfect setting to start training, especially for the babies. Uh, when the owners come out, the, the barn really is immaculate. It just looks really good. Um, you know, and so now they're on that road to that journey to get to the racing and, you know, to the summertime, you know, is what they're doing. So, but, but it's exciting part of, uh, part of the year uh they got to get everything all over the ice and ready to roll and they've done that and so now you know game on as they say uh, a lot of good things that are going on uh, here uh just out, out of the blood horse magazine uh the uh, hiwu horse racing integrity and welfare unit enforcement of iron dextron rule uh, to begin december 27th which was a couple of days ago there. The Federal Trade Commission approval to add iron dextron to the banned substances uh, list under the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority, HISA, anti-doping uh, and medication control, uh, ADMC program rules, that the Horse Racing Integrity and Welfare Unit uh, announced today that it will uh, use the next 30 days as an educational period to give covered persons time to adapt to the next 30 days of educational uh, period um, so they can start, you know, understanding the rules. And that's what I like about HISA. Uh, they're coming in, and it's just not like they're saying, oh, on the 27th, you know, this is going to happen. What they do is they're educating the horse people, the horsemen, on, uh, you know, what needs to be done and, you know, what what the medication is, what the medication does how long it stays in the system, when you can give it, when you can't give it. You know, that, that's what I, uh, I like about uh, Heisman. Uh, they're educating, the, you know, the different uh, trainers and all on it. And, you know, that's very important because, you know, the, the horse business has had a, a reputation of, you know, um, uh, illegal uh, drug use and, and uh, abuse of, you know, drugs. And, and it's that way the show horse industry, quarter horse, you know, standard bred, the whole nine yards. It's doing that. But that, that's one of the things that they're doing. It's part of our education program, you know, to ed educate, you know, the trainers, the owners, um, you know, everybody that, uh, you know, needs to be um, educated on it, uh, you know, so they, they need to do that. And then, and we've got a lot of different programs that are going on. You know, highs of the thoroughbreds, standard breads, everybody's doing it. In fact, um, United States Trotting Association here in Delray 
this week. They're having their meetings on, you know, what to look forward to and, and you know, what to do and how to do it and how they're going to promote the industry. And see, now we're into the marketing of the industry. We've got to market the industry. And that's why these podcasts and TV shows and, and you know, print ads are, are, are coming up and coming out because we've got to start educating the public about who, what, when, and where. And then once you get who, what, when, and where in, uh, then, then uh, you know, you want to let them know that there's a lot of rules and regulations and watchdogs in the industry that's going to make it safe, you know, and an and honorable, you know, profession to be in again, you know, is what they want to do. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how it turns out. Now, you know, when all said and done, everybody said, oh, well, you know, like it's a responsibility of the trainer and it's a responsibility of, you know, the vet or whoever. Well, in all honesty, when you break it down, when you break it down, the horse is the master of the house. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The horse is the master of the house because he's what everybody is working for. Now, just to give you a quick um, uh, list, this is who the horse has hired. The horse has literally hired and taken into an employment people to make sure that the horse is taken care of, races well, and is marketed properly. The horse employs the owner, the breeder, Barn help, bloodstock agent, bookkeeper, veterinarian, equine chiropractor, farmers, horse hauling transportation, feed company, blacksmith, equine dentist, trainer, hot walker, assistant trainer, exercise rider, track uh, equipment dealers, grooms, jockey, valet, uh, jockey agent, racing officials, racetracks, racetrack employees, uh, you know, everybody, those are just some of the few, you know, that that horse employs, especially when it comes down to whenever the horse is traveling. When he goes to New York, there's people that, uh, you know, work at the Burger Kings and, uh, and all the places, the apartment complexes, the taxi cab drivers, pizza delivery people, they're all employed by the horse. So it just goes to show you that the horse is the mainstay of the whole operation. And you got to have everything organized and properly presented to the public to make sure that they understand they're getting a legitimate, you know, real deal business. You know, that there's no, no uh, uh, drugging, there's no, you know, things going on that are not good for the horse, you know, for the horse or the people in it. You know, so, so they do that. So it's good. And I'll, and, and that's, you know, what we're trying to say. You, you got to educate yourself in, in this situation. Um, you know, you got to go everywhere from, you know, going to seminars and, and, uh, you know, different things like that to find out, you know, what you can do in the business. Uh, you know, what's, what's the latest thing? What's the latest trend and why is it? See, that, that's the main thing is you got to understand when somebody, you know, we'll take feed, for example. When you're feeding the horse, you know, they go in and they eat. And, and basically, you know, a horse is going to eat whatever's put in that feed tub. You know, they're going to dive right into it and eat it. Sometimes they don't like it. You know, they let you know. But for the most part, they're going to do that. And when when you go to the feed company and our feed sell, uh, dealer comes around, 
you got to ask them why do they want your, you know, your fee. Then he goes into the story about how it's made, what the quality of the product is, where the product comes from, uh, you know, how often, how fresh is it. Uh, you know, they go into the whole nine yards, and then you have to decide whether that horse is going to get that feed or not get that feed. You know, that, that's a big important decision that an owner has to make about that. But, you know, the great thing about it is with technology today, uh, they have all the videos. They have everything that can show you exactly how it's made, uh, when it's made, where it's made, you know, that type of thing, the quality of the product, you know, that's going into it. So um, that, that's what I like about that. You, you're educating yourself, you know, real quick. And one of the uh, – uh, one of my – I don't – it's not a pet peeve, but it's taking horses in the direction – you know, that they need to go. And, and one of the things that, uh, that I noted this week is that the, the owners and the trainers have to stay on top of everything. They literally do have to stay on top of everything. And, you know, here, here we go, uh, getting ready to start the new season and get everything rolling in the right direction. And then the owners, you know, not not only do we have, you know, the holidays coming up, but there's things that, uh, you know, the owners have to plan. Um, there's a lot of uh, seminars and many meetings coming up. And like I said, USTA, the United States uh, Trotting Association, is having their big uh, meeting here uh, in South Florida. And, and they're going over the rules and regulations and, you know, where the business is going and how they should get there and, you know, what needs to be done from a marketing standpoint, you know, that type of thing. It's a team effort between um, all the people involved in the industry. And just to give you a quick example here, uh, <clears throat> the owners got to start thinking about all these different things, accounting and tax considerations. Uh, they got to take a look at that. The implementation of, um, uh, of uh, the, the rules and regulations, um, handicapping. On, for uh, for an owner, uh, they need to learn how to handicap horses so that makes them a very uh, a better educated you know buyer. Uh, that's very important. Developing a business plan, um, preparing for race, race day, jockey race preparation, buying at public auction, claiming veterinarian and common surgery are some of the things that uh, you know they have to have to go over and take a look at. Uh, which is very important, you know, for everybody involved, you know, and again, it goes back to educating yourself, you know, for everything that's going on. Um, and speaking of education, uh, the owner and the trainer have to uh, take a lot of things into consideration about where you're going to run your horse. For example, uh, the new Gulfstream turf course has been well received by horsemen. Uh, they think that the, the, the course is really good. Um, you know, it's really made a big difference. Um, you know, they're, they're just doing a lot of things with it, uh, you know, to make it better for the industry. And so now, uh, you know, so far the horsemen like it, the management likes it, you know, and the horses like it. And it's all about safety and things of that nature. So, you know, the owner's got to start looking at things like that. And when you see this in the, in print where it says, oh, you know, the new turf course and, and, you know, the, the jockeys and trainers like it and everything, you, you start educating yourself 
about that track by studying everything you can because that comes into play when you're trying to uh, decide to get a horse to the to the breeder's cup. Uh, you know, what kind of surfaces do we put them on? Uh, you know, how's the new surface doing at, uh, you know, at Gulfstream and, and all. So, you know, that's very important. Again, it goes back to educating yourself. Um, July 20, uh, 2023 or 2024, uh, is the start for Delmar's 24, uh, 2024 summer meet. Um, so, you know, you, you start looking, thinking about uh, Delmar and, you know, that, that, that it's coming up. Uh, you go to, um, uh, look at everything that, uh, they have, you know, there, how, what they did to the track in the off season, uh, what they did to, uh, you know, the dormitories, the barns, you know, what have you, because Breeders Cup is going to literally be there two years in a row this year, 2024 and 2025. They'll be there. So now that you, you know, that we've talked about Delmar and, you know, that they've got it all ready to go for Breeders' Cup, you know, and that type of thing, the, the owners have got to start thinking, you know, hey, do I send horses out to Delmar, you know, over the summer, uh, you know, to get a go on the course um, to see what happens, uh, you know, with your horses out there, how they acclimate to it, you know, or do you just want to shock the horses and then, send them in three three days before the Breeders' Cup, you know, and let them see what it is and, and go from there. So those, these are decisions, you know, uh, that you got to do all all along uh, the trip and the journey. you got to start thinking about things like this, you know, educating yourself, see what we need to do with it. Um, as soon as you find out that the, jo- the jockeys and the trainers like it, you know, then, then you can, um, you know, uh, make your decision whether to go out there or not. And so that's that's one of the things that uh, that I have a hard time keeping up on is all the changes that are going when they're when they're taking place, you know, uh, uh, that type of thing. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Then the owners, you know, they start looking. They kind of we we know we know what's going on for uh, you know the 2024 season. Uh, you know what kind of horses you have. You know where you need to go with them. And you start thinking about, you know, uh, getting those young horses, uh, you know, to where they need to go. But after, after the whole year and everything's going, uh, we're starting to look again at the 2024 Texas two year olds and training sales set for April the 3rd. <laughs> you know, so now you're starting to look at horses that haven't even run yet that, um, you know, that you're wanting to get get a good luck at that are in training and everything. So you're kind of like jumping the gun. You know, you're just now getting your three-year-olds to uh, uh, to the uh, to the races, you know, and you got that journey that you're going on, and now you got to start another journey of potential, you know, uh, horses uh, for the next season. And also, you know, that's in Texas, that starts pretty quick. And then the, the 2024 sale dates at OBS, Ocala Breeder Sales Company in Ocala, um, they got the mixed sale, 20, uh, January 23 and 24, um, under tax sale for now. This is under tax for two year olds, uh, out here. That's January 22nd at 9 a.m. on, on, that's a Monday that they're out there. And then they have the March sale of two year olds in training, um, which is March 12th and 14th. Under tax show is March 6th through the 9th. 
Okay, so you're good to go there. And then you have another sale of um, the uh, two-year-old in training there in Florida, April 16th through the 19th, under tax sale, uh, under tax uh, training, the 7th through the 13th. So now, you you know, you're looking pretty quick. And then the two-year-olds and older horses in racing age are in June. And then you have the October yearling sale, which starts everything over again, October 8th and 9th. So you got a whole load uh, of options there at, uh, uh, you know, at the two-year-old and training sales there at Ocala. Uh, and the sales are just uh, unbelievable. Um, you know, that, that type of thing. So after the owners got all these things going on, you know, uh, that they think about, you know, they're sitting here and they look at the, well, like, for example, the Sam, Sam Houston uh, Park unveils its 2024 20, stake schedule. And, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a nice little schedule that they have there. Uh, they're going to have 22 stakes races, totaling $2.5 million uh, in purse money giveaway in a 43-day meet. Um, so that that's going to be a meet that trainers and owners t- have to take a look at. You know, because there's a lot of money being offered there. See what's going to happen there, and then um, you know that stakes calendar uh, gets gets pretty rough. You know, uh, it's already started, and I, I was really surprised at some of the offerings that they have this year uh, for these guys. Uh, there's just so so much there. Um, just summing through it here real quick. Uh, they got. Uh, Every track has got a, a nice stakes race or a series of stakes races, you know, that uh, go anywhere from, you know, 62,000, um, you know, 500 all the way up to $3 million. So it's, it's really interesting to see everything that's coming up. And again, it goes back to the trainer and owner planning out their journey to get to the Derby and to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, that's, that's a big thing. And, I'm going to go through some races here and kind of explain to you about the thinking of an owner and a trainer of what they have to do, you know, to get their horses to Churchill, uh, you know, uh, every year, uh, you know, for the Derby and for the Breeders' Cup. Now, every racetrack offers races like I'm going to just tell you about. And I'm going to tell you, you know, why they offer them. And we're going to start out, for example, at uh, Churchill Downs. Um, on the November 25th, they had the $400,000 mile on the 16th um, jockey club stakes. It's a grade two. It's important there, not only for the money, but, you know, you get your horses uh, black typed, as they call it, um, in a graded race. And this is also a qualifying point are given out for the Kentucky Derby 2024. So, you know, every owner says, well, you know, I'd like to do that. I'd like to get there with him. And we've done everything we could to get our horse there, you know, to get them in a position to start qualifying, you know, for uh, all these different uh, uh, point systems that they have to go through. And so now, you know, they say, well, yeah, we did, did pretty good. You know, and it said, we're going to see what we can do with the horse. And then they start planning out what's their next step. 
uh, you know, you've already got derby points qualified. You need to go get more qualifying points. Uh, you know, there's just a lot that you need to do. So after you do good in that race or you win that race, you know, you really start fine tuning, you know, things where you go, uh, where can we go? Can we, uh, go somewhere and get points and, and not run into a bunch of, you know, uh, outstanding horses, uh, you know, what, what, how can we do this? You know, you start looking at, you don't certainly don't want to keep jumping in the, you know, in, in the fight every, you know, three or four weeks till the first of May, beating your horse up against some of the best horses in the country. So you try to, you know, tone it down a little bit and see what you can do. But in order for the horses to get to, like, like we were saying, um, the jockey club stakes, um, or to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, there's a lot of things you have to do. And every track is really good about this. For example, at Churchill Downs, uh, they had uh, they had a nice undercard race. Uh, it was a maiden special weight. Uh, it was $125,000. It was going uh, seven furlongs for two-year-olds. You know, so it's not really it's not really a sprint. It's not really a route of ground. It's seeing how the horse can handle going uh, a little further than he's used to going. And so, you know, you're looking at $120,000, seven furlongs. Uh, you know, they're on the, on the track surface there at Churchill that the Derby will be running in and everything. So a trainer looks at that and says, well, there's no Derby points available. But we want to see what kind of horse we got in, you know, stiffer competition. So this this race ended up, it was really ironic uh, how they do it. It ended up with 16 entries for this race. So there's a lot of trainers there. There's 16 trainers that think they might have, you know, a shot at the Kentucky Derby, you know, but we don't want to beat him up real bad, um, you know, running in these stakes qualifiers uh, or, you know, to, to get him there. So we'll take an undercard race, and if he does good in this race, then, you know, we look at the next race would be a, you know, race that uh, had derby points, you know. And, and the other thing is is they also got uh, a race over the uh, Churchill-bound surface there. So, you know, so that was good. So now um, that was at seven furlongs. So now we're looking at a stakes race which is a little bit above that race that we just talked about, it's $225,000 going six and a half furlongs at Churchill. So now, you you know, you're starting to say, well, it's six and a half furlongs. You know, he should be able to get that at this stage in the game and, you know, just kind of go from there. And, you know, $225,000, you know, a, a good race, uh, Good test uh, to see if he is a champion, and they only get they get nine horses in this race, you know. So so that's good, and everything. And and owners are saying, well, you know, there's a couple other races that we were uh, talking about that um, you know might be available at, at at Churchill, you know. So they start looking at that, and then you're realizing that hey man, <laughs> you know we got a long way to go. You know, we got a long way to go, and where are we going to? So then you look in the condition book again at Churchill to see what they have. Uh, they've got a uh, 
for example, for the Phillies, $120,000. It's a uh, mile and a 16th, uh, you know, on the dirt at Churchill and stakes competition and, uh, you know, quality horses. And so that's what you got there to work with. So the, for the Phillies and, and the Colts, and especially this time of year, there's a lot of races that, that are like this on this card. Um, you know, the Golden Ride Stakes is the prep for the Kentucky Oaks for the Phillies. Uh, you know, you're looking at $400,000 going a mile on the 16th, and you just hope that they're ready to go, you know, in that competition, you know, right right away. But um, every racetrack in the country has a signature race. Like at Hot Springs, they have the Arkansas Derby. Um, at the fairgrounds, they have the Louisiana Derby. Uh, you know, every track has a signature, um, you know, race in, that that offer derby points. And so now the owner's got to thinking, well, you know, I could I could run a race at Churchill for two hundred thousand uh, dollars, you know, non non uh, non derby points, but at least get some good competition. Well, the, all the tracks in the country decided that what they would do is that they would offer a series of races like we just talked about at Churchill at every track. They go anywhere from six and six furlongs to a mile and a sixteenth. So you can go to that track and you can train for four months on that track, getting ready for these uh, races that eventually lead up to derby points. So, so do you ship your horse around a lot? Uh, you know, or do you stay there and, and earn your derby, derby points and take the lumps and bruises that you're going to get there and from horses coming from all over to, to ship in? So, but like I said, every track offers something similar to, you know, a series of races leading up to their big race of, of the year, which would be like the Arkansas Derby or in Florida, it would be the Gulf, uh, the, uh, uh Florida Derby, uh, Louisiana Derby at New Orleans, you know, that, that type of thing. So that, that's what, you know, they're trying to think and trying to do. And they're trying not to have to ship all over creation, you know, to get those points. So, like I said, every track has, has something like that. Um, take, for example, uh, out at, um, uh, out at, uh, uh, Santa Anita. Uh, you know, you're looking at, uh, the, the Bob Hope stakes out there. Um, it's, uh, it not, might not be a dirt sprint, you know, but, but it's similar to that is what it is. Uh, it's really different and interesting, you know, to see that happen. Um, you know, and, and so I, I like to get in the heads of all these racing secretaries and figure out who they're trying to get there. You know, and, and a lot of times these safe races are already out out there, and I get a big kick out of it because they're they're really trying to write the races to offer, uh, you know, to uh, the horsemen, you know, to entice them to get there to their track. And used to, it, you know, it used to be like the Arkansas Derby or the Kentucky Derby or what have you, and everything. But now they offer three or four races to get the big name horses and the big name trainers right into their track. You know, and they'll keep them there for three or four weeks and or a month and a half, maybe even two months racing before they go off to Churchill Downs. You know, uh, you know that type of thing. And so it's um, interesting to see, 
you know, how these uh, races are being written, you know, for these uh, uh, owners and trainers. And like I'm telling you, they go anywhere from six and a half furlongs to a mile and the 16th at the tracks. All the tracks are offering that. And they're offering good money, too, you know, for, for the horses to get those those kind of, uh, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollar purses. You know, because it's not only how many uh, derby points do you get, uh, it's how much money do you make. And, and that's what, what you're trying to do. And, and most all these races are are um, graded races, so you you black type your horse, now you get your horse, you know, all the credentials that it needs in case they go out to stud with a horse, you know, after his career is over with, uh, you know, so so there, there's so much that goes into it that, that people really don't realize. They just, oh, well, you know, that's a, that's a grade two stakes race there at Gulfstream on Saturday. We'll go see it. But, you know, how do they get there? How do they get to it? And it's really interesting. Like in the Kentucky, Kentucky Jockey Club, um, Honor Marie goes uh, from last to first in the Kentucky Jockey Club. So, you know, this horse kind of knew what was going on, you know, because uh, the trainer uh, here, a guy by the name of Beckman, um, you know, had had the uh, horse ready to go. Uh, the horse carried 122 pounds uh, for the race. Uh, you know, it was uh, it's a nice race. $240,000 to the winner. You know, that's a lot of money. You know, it's a mile on the 16th, you know, on, on the dirt track. And, um, you know, it, it was stiff competition. So this horse is a horse you got to start looking at, you know, potentially as a Kentucky Derby horse. Uh, you know, there, there was um, uh, quite a few good horses in the race, but uh, this one just kind of dominated and the others, the others were just kind of there. Uh, you know, they participated, as they say, some of the trainers did. But that was the Kentucky Jockey Club. That's uh, Derby Points were awarded for that. And then uh, same thing um, uh, uh, in the Kentucky Oaks. They got their fill, you know, their races, too, that are coming down. They had, uh, you know, the Golden Lodge Stakes there. Uh, it was Brandon Walsh. Uh, he won the race. Uh, it was... Uh, you know, easy, five and a half, five and a quarter lengths that the horse won it. Uh, Inserate was the name of the horse. It just much, much the better, you know, uh, of the, uh, of the whole nine yards. And so now, you know, he starts looking to get to the Kentucky Oaks and, you know, earn his points to get there. He earned points for that. So, you know, he's got one or two more races that he'll probably run with this horse, you know, to get her to the, get her to the Kentucky Oaks. But like I said, every track across the country, they have, um, there's 26 uh, derby uh, uh, races, uh, uh, points races that you can run in. And so, you know, you start eliminating uh, where you might go, where you might not go, uh, you know, who's who, where, you know, where, and, and not only do you have to worry about where you're going with your horse, you have to keep an eye on all the other horses and see where they're going. You know, if you saw a horse really tear one up in a, uh, in a jockey club stakes, uh, you know, and you're out at, uh, you know, in California at the Bob Hope, you want to make sure that you potentially don't run into that horse until the Derby, until Derby Day. So, you know, like I said, there's 26 races out there total. Any owner and trainer had to watch all 26 of those races, uh, to see how, 
they're getting them to the Kentucky Derby, where they've been and how they're getting there. You've you got to watch that. And I mean, that is tough because you don't want to go be running in, you know, in, in races that, um, like, say, in Hot Springs, for example. You go to Hot Springs and you run into three or four real tough horses and they got their series of races there. Boy, let me tell you, that's that's a tough road to go because, you know, it's literally, you know, you could be running into the same horses every week, weekend and weekend out for two or three, you know, two or three uh, races. And then the big one, you know, you get to Churchill Downs and it's derby time. You run into them again, so you might run against the same horses, you know, three or four times and then before you get to the derby. And that's what you got to be careful and watch out for. With, with what they're doing. Now, um, this is what, one of the things that uh, that I have a problem with is the point system. You've got some people that can come out there and they'll run a horse into the ground, but they're picking up derby points all the way and they're picking up, you know, uh, 10, 15, 25, 50, or 100 points, you know, that uh, that they're picking up. And they're doing it the hard way. They're doing it the hard way. And so I, I, I said, well, you know, I, I've seen trainers burn horses up before they get to the derby. And, and, I mean, they might be a legitimate, you know, good horse, you know, the real deal. But it, it was kind of interesting to see, you know, what had happened here. Um, and I'm telling you, all these horses are, are running good. Uh, you know, we're looking at uh, Todd Pletcher, Brad Cox, uh, Robert Medina's got a nice uh, horse called Liberal Arts. Um, we have uh, uh, a lot of good, good horses. Mike Maker's got a nice horse called the Wine Stewart. He hasn't earned much money, but he really looks good on the track, and he races very well. Um, you know, you, you just go down through here and see what all we have, and you know, like, for example, Todd Fletcher's got, let's see here, one, two, uh, three, four. Uh, he's got four horses in a top 25. How many of those four make it to the Derby? We don't know because we don't know the path that they're going on. And he he's one, he's the kind of guy that's got good horses. And I mean, let me tell you. If he if he places them in the right spot and doesn't beat them up, you know they'll be there the first Saturday in uh, you know in May at Churchill Downs. Ashmeason's got three or four in there. Chad Brown, it's got uh, you know quite a few coming up. Uh, you know you just never do know who's going to have what, when, and where. But we will know here coming up shortly. You know because. <laughs> uh, we got the Remsen Stakes, which is coming up. It's a mile and an eighth, December 2nd, which is tomorrow. Um, it's an aqueduct. It's going a mile and an eighth. And then uh, seven days later, we have the Los Alamitos Futurity, 200,000 at Los Alamitos. That's on December 9th. Um, this is a race that I always kind of like. And the horses have done very, very well that come out of here. They may not be you know, uh, you know, hit the derby, you know, and make a big, big uh, noise. But they always, throughout the year, they they, they do very good. It's three hundred thousand dollars. It's going a mile. It's December fifteenth at uh, at Hot Springs, Arkansas. 
And so, again, you know, a trainer has a horse that runs good there. You know, he's got to take a look at the, um, uh, you know, at, at, the, at the derby. Uh, he could also take a look at the derby trial uh, there at Churchill, which is very prestigious, you know, race to win. And it's all about block typing your horse and making sure that they feel good and they're ready to roll. You know, and they're all coming down a pike real quick now. And like I said, the Rumson's uh, December 2nd. You'll see that on INTV.org. The Los Alamitos Futurity, the Springboard Mile uh, in Remington Park. Uh, that's December 15th, 300,000 added. And then you get into some of the lesser races, um, but all, all significantly important because of derby points. And, you know, we're looking at the Gunrunner Stakes at uh, uh, the fairgrounds, uh, the Smarty Jones at Oakland, 300,000 going a mile. Uh, so, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, trainers uh, take their horse and get them into like a, a race like Smarty Jones at uh, Oakland. It's a mile, and that's a good test to see if your horse can go a mile and a quarter, uh, you know, how he handles this. Because the mile is... It's not a sprint. It's not a route race. It's a race that you have to run from the get-go. When they spring the gate, you got to run. You can't afford to take any chances, you know, through there. So, you know, that that would be the Smarty Jones in Oakland on, on, on January 1st. And then uh, then you have uh, the Jerome Stakes at Aqueduct going a mile. And then you have the Sham Stakes at Santa Anita on the 7th. And so basically what the trainers and owners are trying to do now is they know they have a fit horse by the 1st of January. Their horses are fit and ready to roll. So you start throwing, you know, into these races to get the derby points that they need to get to get to church on the first Saturday in May. And so now you got to start playing the tracks. Do we go to the fairgrounds? Do we go to Oakland, Gulfstream, Santa Anita, Aqueduct, Tampa? Sunland Park, uh, you know, or Turfway. Where where do we go, you know, for that? And, and it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, especially like at Tampa. I tell you what, what's really good is uh, is the Sam Davis Stakes. It's going a mile on the sixteenth, two hundred fifty thousand at Tampa. And the track at Tampa is is, is kind of like Churchill. It, it's a very very good, uh, you know, very good race. Uh, that's the Sam Sam. Uh, um, Davis uh, states there, and then then not uh, too long after that, you got uh, you know the Tampa Bay Derby. So you know there's a lot of things that can benefit you. You don't have to travel around a lot, you know, like a lot of these guys do. You know, and we started looking at them, you know, real close. Uh, at uh, Sunland Derby is a nice race. It's uh, five hundred thousand. It's in February, but not a lot of big horses have come out of uh, you know out of the Sunland Derby you know, to uh, run in the Kentucky Derby. Again, you're looking at people on the West Coast and they're looking at a lot of those undercar races that are two and $300,000, and they can run out a million dollars with your horse and really not have run, you know, in a big game, you know, yet. And you see what you got. Now, a lot of those trainers out there start pointing towards the Preakness, um, you know, instead of the Derby. And so it's interesting there. Then the, the championship series events is one that's really the money maker. Now, all these all these races so far 
have had, uh, you know, all these smaller races leading up to their, their races. The first leg of the championship series, and it, these are all big major derby points and money. We're looking at, at the Ridgeland Star in the fairgrounds. It's a mile and an eighth, 400,000, grade two. We're looking at the Rebel, a mile and a sixteenth at Oakland, a million two fifty. Um, it's a grade two. We're looking at the Fountain of Youth at, at Gulfstream, four hundred thousand, grade two. Uh, that's in uh, February seventeenth, twenty fourth, and Fountain of Youth is March second. And then we have the Gotham States. It's a mile three hundred thousand at Aqueduct. It's a grade three. We have the San Felipe. Which is a mile and a sixteen, four hundred thousand grade two at Santa Anita, and then we have the Tampa Bay Derby, a mile and a sixteenth, grade two, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. And all these tracks have races, <clears throat> you know, prep races that lead up to them. They're building up, building up, building up. So that's where you're at, you know, Tampa Bay uh, Derby, and that's March the ninth. Now the second leg of the series. This is one that really defines your horse. If you you want to have your horse ready to go, uh, you want to have everything all said and done, because after this, it's the Kentucky Derby. If you can get out of these races and and get and you got enough points to go, you built up enough points to go. And so this is where it really comes down to, you know, the owner and the trainer and the jockey deciding, do we have a Derby horse? And where and when it's where it starts at March 23rd, the Louisiana Derby, million dollars at the fairgrounds, grade two, uh, going a mile and three sixteenths. We have the Jeff Ruby Stakes, which is seven hundred thousand dollars, going a mile and an eight at Turfway Park on March 23rd. Then uh, we have the UAE Derby, um, it's a mile and three sixteenths. It's a million dollars, grade two, in Maiden. Uh, Race course, uh, March the 30th. So, uh, you know, that's a race there that, uh, you gotta have a pretty, pretty doggone super horse to get him, you know, and want to bring him over for the Derby. Uh, they don't do that too often. Then on March 30th, again, we got the Florida Derby, a mile and the 16th, $1 million, a grade one at Gulfstream Park. A lot of horses uh, have come out of the Florida Derby and gone on to win the Kentucky Derby because the spacing is just right. You know, we're, we're looking at March 30th here, and then you're looking five weeks later, you're looking at the Kentucky Derby. You know, so you got that five weeks buffer in there in between them. And that's how all these races are scheduled out, you know, with the four and five weeks apart and, and everything. Um, then you have the Arkansas Derby a mile and an eighth. It's a million five hundred thousand, grade one at Oakland Park, March the thirtieth. Then the Bluegrass Stakes. Uh, you don't get a lot of horses that come out of the Bluegrass, but it's a mile and an eighth. It's a grade one. Uh, it's a million dollar purse at Keeneland on April the sixth. And that's kind of hard to get a horse back in that kind of competition. You know, uh, four weeks. You know, three and a half, four weeks later you know, to, to run in, in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, then you have the Santa Anita Derby, which is a mile and eight, $750,000 grade one at Santa Anita on April the 6th. And then you have uh, the Wood Memorial, mile and eight, $750,000 a grade two at Aqueduct on April 6th. 
And so then the last derby race, prep race you have is at Keeneland. It's on April the 13th, Lexington. It's a mile on the 16th, 400,000, uh, you know, and it's, it's not a graded race. And a lot of people use that race to uh, kind of tune up for the Preakness, you know, so uh, it's very interesting to see how, you know, all these things go, you know, with these horses. And I tell you, it's really tough because, like, you know, we've always been saying, it's all about management. It's all about management. And there's so many things that you've got to go through, uh, you know, to get to the Kentucky Derby, uh, to uh, get to the Breeders' Cup. And it's all about timing. It's all about timing. And that, that's the toughest part about the horse business. Uh, you know, for example, like if, if you're, if you're uh, showing horses, for example, it's about the timing between the jumps, between the, the fences, as they say. It's about the timing. Do, do you have a horse that can get the tight timing down, the rhythm down? Uh, same thing with the with the thoroughbreds. Do you have a horse that can, uh, uh, you know, get get the, uh, you know, the, the pace of the race down? Uh, there's just so many things that you have to do, you know, to get a horse to the Kentucky Derby. That, that's the tough part about everything. You know, it's all it starts in management. And, you know, a breakdown in any series of your organization is detrimental to, you know, the horse's training. Um, you got to make sure that you, know, you have all your transportation lined up for your horses, uh, whether it's air or whether it's by land. You know, uh, you got to have all that down. Make sure everything that's all, all there is together. Uh, you got to make sure that you're on a good schedule with your blacksmith. Um, you know, and, and there's no, no, uh, uh, you know, problems coming up. And we had a lot of horses that had problems last year. Uh, Forte, for example, you know, he ended up with uh, some bad feet problems, you know, and, and could that have been prevented? Well, some of it could have, you know, if not all of it could have been, you know, uh, uh, you know, prevented. Um, you've had a lot of horses that come up, you know, sore or, you know, and little problems here and there. You know, and that's the main thing is not only to treat the problem, but make sure it doesn't exist and keep on going. And that's, that's the tough part about it. You know, that, that's the blacksmith end of it. Then you got to make sure your feed, you got the same feed day in and day out, wherever you're at, whatever track you're at. You know, you got to make sure that you have it. And that's why Hallway Feeds is one of the best feed companies in the world because they can get your feed that you're using wherever you start out at, uh, you know, uh, everywhere you know, all over the country and, you know, all over the world, you know, you can get the same feed. That, that's very important that you do that, you know, with your horse. And so, you know, we covered the blacksmith, the feed, uh, the veterinarian, you know, he's constantly going where, wherever you're at. You know, you know, that's always, uh, you know, nice to have him informed on everything. So nothing's a surprise to him. Um, you know, that type of thing. And like I said, the horse transportation is a big deal. Uh, you know, you got to make sure you go. And not not only with horse transportation, a lot of people don't understand this. It's not the ride that you got to worry about. It's the timing. Do you want to ship into the uh, for the Kentucky Derby on the Wednesday or Thursday before the Derby? Uh, shock the horse and get him there. Do you want to ship in two weeks, three weeks before the Derby? Uh, you know, do you want to work your horse over the track at Churchill before the Derby? 
you know, those are all things that you got to think about, you know, uh, to get them, get them involved, you know, and get them, you know, on the same page for that first Saturday in, in May is what you got to do. And, and like I said, there's so many things now that um, trainers and owners can take advantage of and, you know, get involved with, you know, to help their horse, you know, run in as, uh, run its best and, you know, safety for the horse and, you know, there's so many things that are that that are there that you got to go through, and and that's the same thing with the show horses. You know, yeah, these people work on the show horses years for years before they get to that top top competition. You know, and it, and it's a difficult thing, but they still go through the same thing that a thoroughbred goes through. You know, or a standard bred goes through. Uh, you got a lot of time and effort into it, and you don't want anything to, you know, spend a a year getting a horse ready, you know, for the derby and have something, you know, uh, minimize, uh, any potential injury that they might have, you know, so, uh, you got to make sure that if it's a potential injury, um, it's not never small, uh, that, that potential injury has to be taken care of right away and, and prevented and not aggravated, you know, down the road. And like I said, that's what show horses, standard breads, quarter horses, everything, you know, that you got to do. And so uh, the long story is try to have fun during all this time, <laughs> all this work. <laughs> that's the main thing. And, you know, when I, when I got out of the racing end of it, you know, I had to get retired to the farm. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, it was really something. You know, I didn't have all these potential worries, you know, to do, got into management. And, and so, you know, had different worries, but nothing like it is on the track and everything. And you just, you know, wonder if something's going to happen when that phone rings, wonder if it's going to happen. But, you know, you got to get up to the derby. And then the most unusual thing ever happened to me uh, was with El Baba was my first derby horse. And I enjoyed the week of derby you know, the excitement and everything. But I really didn't because I couldn't do anything because I had to be with a horse all the time. And so I had a lady tell me, she said, oh, boy, you're lucky to be with all those horses in the derby. And I said, you know what? I said, I didn't see the derby. I saw the finish. I was watching, you know, my horse come in and kept my eye on him. So I really didn't get to enjoy derby week because I was working or the derby itself. And then quite a few derbies, you know, down the road, uh, you know, involved with horses and everything, you know, you, you never got to see the derby. You never got to enjoy the, you know, the week of um, celebration of the derby or the Preakness or the Belmont or the Breeders' Cup, you know, because you were working and everything. And now that I've sat back and I, I realized, like, oh, my goodness, how did I do that? You know, and that's what a lot of people are thinking now in the business. How do we do that? How do we get there? And that's why every week we're going to talk a little bit more and get more specific about, you know, the uh, derby horses that are going now, who who is and who isn't uh, going. So we'll do that on how they get there. But I hope you guys have a good weekend. Uh, This is Scott Miller with the International Equine Network getting ready to go check on the horses.